For any Yankee fans looking for a podcast to listen to, I suggest you check out NYY Sports Talk. Are you listening? Tune into the fellas. Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. There's no BS, there's no drama. Uh. You just feel like you with the fellas talking baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 245 of the NYYST podcast. I'm here with my Paisan Chris. You. And my other Paisan SGR. <laughs> what up? That's not going to play well enough for, for the audio. <laughs> no, people are just going to think that you're, uh, huh? your mic broke. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. <laughs> I love so how Italians what, uh, are being praised now. So uh, you know we got a little uh, we got a little Italian flavor. You don't have to put an accent on you, dick. You talk like a fucking in your normal voice. I threw him out the window and I tweeted it. I tweeted it. What do you mean? This is the one time you don't have to put a fucking act on. You can go fucking full time fucking Italian right now. So uh, the Yankees aren't any. uh, They're not playing like jabronis no more. You know, Uh, they brought the gabagool to the game today. They had a little uh, chicken parm, a little little uh, little meat sauce, and uh, away away we go here. Uh, I think the Gallo Italian is is kind of fraud. Kind of, it might be a little fugazi. It's a little fugazi there, but the Rizzo, but the Rizzo Italian, he's fucking, he's holding back. You know, his family has like an ice cream shop in Lynnhurst, right? Well, you know, I was listening on the radio today, and Susan mentioned a a Rizzo ice cream flavor at some ice cream shop. It's like an Italian ice. But she didn't mention that they own an ice cream shop. Yeah, there's a little family connection out in Lyndhurst, which is about 20 minutes from from my house here. So, I mean, I'll go check it out. I'll go check it out. But uh, if you're a little bit lost here... uh, before we get you any further lost, uh, please go to patreon.com slash NYYST, become a patron of the show um, <clears throat> for exclusive content, exclusive shows. I did a post uh, a little uh, trade deadline show this week, uh, breaking down some stuff with the Gallo and Rizzo deals. And uh, also you can go to uh, Apple podcast and uh, leave us a five-star rating review there. Those are the two quickest and easiest ways to help the show. So let's keep it going. The Yankees are uh, on a little bit of a roll here. They took two or three from Tampa. We'll get into the disaster. That was the final game in that series. Uh, They picked up a couple of new players and then they went out and they swept the Marlins. So uh, things are looking a little bit better than they were after the, um, after the Red Sox series, Anthony uh, Rizzo, which was a big surprise. No one expected him to be a Yankee. Joey Gallo was rumored for a long time. And then they picked up Andrew Heaney from the um, the Angels, who will be making his uh, Yankee debut Monday against the Orioles. Uh, we're recording. It's about 8.30 on uh, Sunday night. As we said, the Yankees uh, they actually did it. I mean, maybe it's the Rizzo factor. Uh, I don't know, but they they finally completed a sweep today. They beat the Marlins three to one. They believe it or not, the and Yankees it was a day game. They had everything going against them. Believe it or not, the Yankees only scored ten runs in this series, and Anthony Rizzo scored six of them, if I'm not Jesus mistaken. Jesus Christ! So, and uh, he he drove in three, so uh, he's definitely made an immediate impact on this ball club. Uh, Joey Gallo's done what you expect out of Joey Gallo to walk and strike out, although. 
a couple balls he hit would have been out at Yankee Stadium. So we're waiting for his home debut. But hey, you know what? They got one out and got a couple guys they desperately needed. They got a guy to come out and fill innings, which you didn't think was that big of a deal. But now Herman's on the IL with uh, shoulder inflammation. So, you know, the Yankees went and did things they needed to do at this trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, the number one thing was give me a legit lefty. He got two. The other one was give me a legit outfielder. He did that. And, you know, it's been tough to, like, kind of knock Voight here because he did such a good job for this team last year. He really became a leader. He led he led the American League in home runs, but he just hasn't been reliable this year. And, and how much have we been saying, how long have we been saying that the Yankees need a legit first baseman again? Like, a legit first baseman. They fucking got one. It's going to make a huge difference. Like, they have a legit, not only offensively, but defensively. Rizzo is a legit first baseman. I'm never really in love with trading for rentals, especially in a year like this where, as well as the Yankees have played, as good as these additions are, they're still a game out of that second wild card. So you, it's hard for me to, to like get super excited over not the player himself. I love Anthony Rizzo. He's, he's done everything to endear himself to the Yankee fan since he's been here, but just the fact that going out and trading for a rental. But yeah. the fact that Brian Cashman went out there and got yeah. Rizzo and not Trevor Story, I mean, you got to give him a lot of credit for that because I don't I, – I mean, we talked about it. We just figured that Trevor Story was going to be the easiest and quote, you know, really the dumbest thing the Yankees could have done, so that's why they would have done it, but they didn't do it. And apparently the Rockies, you know, they didn't like the Yankees trade proposal. They didn't like anybody's trade proposal. So they're sitting Yeah, I mean they fucked up big time. I mean you got a guy like Trevor Story in his walk year. You got to try to get something for him. But you know what? Credit Brian Cashman for going out there and getting a guy that's gonna have a much bigger impact on this team in Anthony Rizzo than Trevor Story. Well you wanna you want to know why Brian Cashman isn't as, isn't as bad of a GM as we'll ever knock him to be because a real bad GM is a, is, is the one sitting, uh, whoever the fucking GM is for the Rockies, not moving Trevor story is one of the worst uh, failures I've ever seen from a GM. First of all, second of all, there's an underlying reason why this Rizzo pickup was so big that not enough people are talking about. It seemed like a, a sure thing that he was going to the Red Sox. And watching mm-hmm. that motherfucker in Boston, it wouldn't have been fun. No, so you keep him away from a, a team that you're chasing, and he he adds an immediate impact to your ball club. So there's a lot of stuff that we got to get to. I don't want to have this show be three hours long, so we just got to try to get it in and get it out. I'm so, good at that. Uh I, that's what I heard. Uh, anyway, so the first thing we got to talk about is the Joey Gallo deal. Okay. He's here. Yankees also uh-huh. picked up a lefty reliever. This guy is, is uh, Jolie Rodriguez. He came in uh-huh. through one pitch. Did he get a guy win? out, and he got the win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. His number, he's great against lefties. The reason why his ERA is so inflated is because he can't get right-handed batters out. So Boone picked the perfect spot to use him today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tough with, with guys like that with this three-batter rule right now. Obviously, end of an inning, he picked the right right uh, right time. But, you know, I was thinking back to, uh, not to go off topic, but with uh, Corey Holmes, right? That's his name, Corey? Clay. Clay. Clay Holmes. 
His shit's good, man. He does have good yeah, shit. You, good you, shit. You brought that up, Christian, uh, last week, I believe. I think he has an inflated ERA, too, where he he just doesn't have enough innings under his belt to really... His problem is he doesn't... He is, The book on him was he didn't throw enough strikes. But, so, but, I mean, how many times have we seen that over the past few years, whether it be Loisica, Brayu, even Nick Nelson? The stuff is there. They just don't throw strikes. But, like, I feel like this year... That, you know, that ERA, we went right to the ERA. Yeah, maybe he struggles with command, but the ERA was kind of yeah. eye-opening. But I think it's just inflated. I think yeah, I saw it, it go is, down dramatically in the last. He had a game in April, Holmes, uh, in just one-third of an inning, and he allowed five earned runs. So, And after, other than that, he only allowed one earned run in every other appearance for Pittsburgh. There you go. So the... at, or is it was one as at the most. <laughs> The return for uh, Gallo was Glenn Otto, right-handed pitcher, second baseman. That's not Ezekiel. true. Wasn't not true. Not true. What do you mean it's not he true? Also, he let up another five runs <laughs> in June again. All right, <laughs> all right, we're off that now. Moving on. Moving on. Moving, moving on. on. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> just didn't want to be fake news. So Glenn Otto, right-handed pitcher, went to uh, Texas. Also Ezekiel Duran, a second baseman, shortstop Short Josh shot. Smith, in and a, a second baseman okay. slash outfielder Trevor. Halver, uh, or was the return for the uh, Rangers. I'm not going to pretend I know who any of these are guys are. I've heard of Glenn Otto because he was pitching really well for the Somerset Patriots. Um, Can I just make a quick point? When you don't really know who the fucking guys are, your GM did a pretty good job. Well, according to what I've been reading about the trade is that a lot of people, industry sources, whatever you want to take that as, think it's a very fair deal. The Yankees got a guy they need it. They got a, a reliable lefty reliever to go out there and get, get lefties out. And they said the Rangers also did very well in the return. So this this was being praised as a very even deal. It wasn't, quote, a salary dump. It wasn't, you know, take this, we'll take crap back just to get this guy out of here. You know, Rangers got some guys that they could they could seemingly be very useful for them, and the Yankees got a guy that they absolutely needed. So yeah. it, it seems yeah. like a fair deal on the surface from everything that you're reading. And uh, Cashman even – it seemed like Cashman almost gave up more for Rizzo because the prospects uh, were ranked higher in the Yankee system uh, than they were for Gallo. So the Yankees went a little qu- uh, quantity over quality in the Gallo deal. I think that but still none of the real quote gems of the organization were traded. So I mean, he did a good job. He got two players in here that are, you one's already made an impact, and a guy in Gallo, who you know it, sometimes it takes a guy a minute, and he's been mired in a terrible yeah. slump. But you know sometimes it takes a guy a minute or two to adjust to, from getting traded. And Gallo, yeah, here but like you year, said, so. first of all, you had a fucking double today that I didn't see. I was listening. They yeah, said could nice, have been out. Nice and and his other ball the other day, uh, last night, I believe. Yeah. Was uh-huh. uh would have been a home run at Yankee Stadium too. No, yeah. I mean let him, the let ball, him get some at bats at Yankee Stadium. The double that he hit today, I mean, if he would have hit that at home, you you would have been like, Oh my god, that's a fucking bomb. Because oh, of where yeah. it would have landed oh, yeah. at Yankee Stadium. Porch, porch. Also, no. not just not only did uh, Cashman not give up prospects, but they stayed under they stayed under the luxury tax. Well, this is going to fucking talk t- dime. They you actually saved. They actually saved number. money if you, because Rizzo's contract got picked up. Haney's contract got picked up. Gallo's contract Haney. got picked up. Yeah. Uh, even yeah. uh, Jolie Rodriguez's contract got picked up. Okay. So the Yankees did a good. But here's 
what cash man. Here's what's baffling to me, right? They kind of snuck this in. I think what was it after Wednesday's game? One of the games again uh, when they they beat Tampa. They kind of got snuck in at like twelve thirty at night. That and it was that game that the Yankees didn't put the lineup out until like ten minutes before the game because mm-hmm. Cashman was trying to get this deal done before the game and it just never it just didn't occur. He basically shipped off Sessa and, and Wilson for a player to be named later, which is basically like I don't just get these guys the hell out of here to Cincinnati. It was basically a salary dump. So you knew he was planning something, but he didn't mm-hmm. take on any additional salary, and he still dumped these two guys. Now, Sessa was an unfortunate uh, victim of trading Justin Wilson. Usually, to get rid of somebody like Justin Wilson and have a team take on a salary, you got to attach something to it. And it was surprising that Sessa went. I think the Yankees are now Cincinnati still has two more years of team control over Sessa, and he made a million bucks this year. So he's a cheap, reliable option out of that bullpen, but he was collateral damage to get Justin Wilson out of here. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this. As fans, it's easy to just get so caught up in the moment. I know Sess has been pitching much better. Um, he has been a reliable guy over the last couple seasons. I can't I can't knock him on that, but it's tough for me to turn back when I remember a time when I said Luis Sessa should never touch a baseball as a New York Yankee ever again. And at that point, I can't get upset. Like, like the fans were getting very upset, and I understand it. But it's sometimes you got to just sit back and be like, look, if Cashman thinks he's got deals lined up that are going to make much more of an impact than a Luis Sessa or Justin Wilson, you got to remember what, what Luis Sessa truly is. Like, yeah, maybe he's become a more reliable guy, but at the end of the day, to me, he's, he's still that guy that was fucking terrible. He was the guy that we were questioning, how is he still on this team? He's the guy that didn't have any more options, and we said... They can't send him back down, so he's definitely going to get DFA'd at some point, and he kept his job, but that's just who this guy is. I mean, we can't treat him like he's some fucking elite bullpen guy just because he's had a more reliable... He's a professional Major League Baseball pitcher. Yeah. Nothing more. Yeah, he's 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 expendable. And who, like, like you were saying, though, who's been... Who's been more vilified by this fan base for no reason? I mean, like, these nondescript nobodies... Then Luis Sesta. I mean, now Todd Wade's taking that role. But so for the 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 fake outrage, I mean, that's what it was because Cashman hadn't done anything else to that point. I think if the Yankees would have traded for Joey Gallo and dead done this, nobody would have cared that Luis Sesta got traded. Yeah. It's just that why are we getting rid of Luis Sesta and we haven't done anything yet? So that was still a little baffling to me that they'd made the salary dump and they didn't take on any extra salary. So I don't know if he was working on something else and this is what came to fruition. But you know what? No one's going to miss Justin Wilson. At the end of the day, if Clay Holmes comes in and he's pitched like he's pitched the last two days, you're not going to miss Luis Sessa. So, I mean, it, that's that's nothing. I mean, that's nothing really to get worked up over. Joey Gallo, I love the fucking move. I love the fact that he's here for next year. He seems like a really quirky guy. I never really paid attention. I mean, really, how much have you paid attention to him in that much detail playing in Texas? He's 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 always – you see him in the, the batter's box. He's like gyrating and, and fidgeting he's around. He's got to pull his like pants down a little too. And he's, it seems like he's talking to himself. So he, he might be a little bit of a quirky guy. He might he's take him a pull minute. his pants down? Yeah, his pants are a little too high for me. He's almost... Right. Who's that douchebag that used to wear his pants so fucking high? I think... Yeah, that narrows it down. 
I think he was on the Royals, I want to say. Oh, no, he was uh, on the Blue Jays. Damn. Uh, Grishik? Boris Duranda Grishik? One of the Blue Jays. I'll look it up. But someone on the Blue Jays used to wear his fucking pants so high, man. Like, pull your pants down a little bit, dude. You got to get that. Pull them down a little bit. So let's let's give Joey Gallo a couple of days here, you know, a week maybe. Let him settle in. I mean, I mean, if you give him at least the Orioles series, and you should be able to feast a little bit playing at Yankee Stadium. Uh, so I love, I love that we got Gallo, and then all of a sudden, man, out of nowhere, boom! Here comes Anthony Rizzo. I thought I was, I actually had to go back and check and double check that it wasn't a, one of these fake accounts that people are getting duped on all the time, but it was a yeah. real legit. Uh, Report Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees, and uh, I didn't think anything much of it other than, hey, you know what? He's a good lefty bat. He'll come in and play first base. And uh, but man, he's re- like I said, he's really endeared himself to Yankee fans since he's been here. You've seen today what it it means to have a real legit first baseman over there. Offense to Luke Voigt. Offense to everybody that's played first base for the Yankees since Mark Teixeira, basically. So I'm. It, I mean, and he's come in. He's hit two bombs. He had the big clutch hit today in the eighth. So Anthony Rizzo is off to a flying start. And then you got Andrew Heaney, who, you know, he, he's here to to log innings. Is the ERA's inflated? He's been getting bombed his last seven or eight starts. But this is where analytics come into play. The Yankees are looking at these numbers. I saw the chart the other day. I, I should have saved it of things that are not playing to into his ERA. But if you are looking at these types of things, he's not pitching as bad as his ERA, you know? So they're hoping Matt Blake can unlock something and we'll see tomorrow night on Monday. He's going to make his debut. Well, for I, the think Yankees, Haney, so. I think Haney's a, um, is it Haney or Haney? I say Haney. I think Haney's is, a, uh, a, just a dependable Heaney. guy. Just another Heaney. guy, like dependable guy that you can throw into this rotation right now. That you know, uh-huh. who else do they have? They've been. He's is he taking the place of Cortez? Well, no. Well, now Herman's down. So, right. Uh, they, well, they they seem like they were short a little bit anyway. So, um, Cashman went out. This was his trade deadline. Got dumped. Justin Wilson's contract had to give up Sessim in in the process. Uh, picked up Clay Holmes. Got Gallo, got Rizzo, got another lefty reliever, got Andrew Heaney. I mean, if we had to, if this was school and we had to give him a grade on his trade deadline, what would you give him? I got to give him an A, man. I got to give him an A minus at the very least. I mean, it would be unfair to say anything else because it's not, first of all, if Max Scherzer was truly available to the Yankees, you know, maybe I'd be singing a different tune right now because it was so adamant uh, on them getting him. But Max Scherzer, it came out Max Scherzer absolutely would not play for them. So go first of all, go fuck yourself. Um, I used to like you and respect you, but you can go f- literally go fuck yourself. And yeah. uh, second, Colby Rasmus, by the way, used to wear his pants way too fucking high. Ah, uh, Colby Rasmus. Um, second of all, it'd be unfair to give him anything else. I think for us because we everything that we listed that they needed. He went out and got, mm-hmm. honestly, decent relievers that yeah. you could throw in the bullpen. Yes. Um, guy who can get lefties out. Yes. Most importantly, 
a big, big lefty bat. Got two of them. A guy who can play outfield. Absolutely. With a solid arm. I mean, how could you give him anything else? Well, and and who were the who were the starting pitchers that were moved that were pretty good? Well, names Scherzer and Barry Scherzer. Rios. Yeah, outs, outside Barry of that, Rios. there really wasn't no. there really wasn't that big of a name. Scherzer didn't want to play for the Yankees, and Barrios, uh, you know, on the Twins, the Twins aren't going to make a deal like that with the Yankees. Yeah, so. they would have. But here's the thing: if Barrios, if it came out that Barrios was so available at the time. Before you know, Scherzer was getting dealt, or teams were negotiating. Yankees could have probably gotten him at a more realistic um, trade, but once Scherzer went and he was the sexiest name out there that became available, the price the Twins wanted was through the roof. I, I think the Twins well, would have been yeah, fine not dealing him. Toronto gave up a good amount for him, I think. So I based on the prospect ranking, sorry, Ryan. Based on the prospect ranking of what the Blue Jays gave up for Jose Barrios. That's Volpe slash uh, Dominguez and Clark Schmidt, or maybe more. Yeah, and you, are, and we were you, you were saying are, you wouldn't even do that for Max Scherzer, so we're going to do that for Barrios. Are you willing? But that's what I'm saying. People are like, well, why didn't the Yankees go out and get? Because are you willing to give up J- Jason Dominguez and Clark Schmidt, or Jason Dominguez and Anthony Volpe and Clark Schmidt, a combination of your mm. t- top three prospects? For Jose Barrios, is that worth it to you? No. If it is, then fine. Then Cashman fucked up. But to me, I don't know. I, I I don't know, man. Like we've been like we've been saying though, like prospects are prospects. But there's certain guys that I would ma- I would that you feel more comfortable making those types of deals for, and to gut the top of my farm system for Jose Barrios. Is it Barrios yeah, or Barrios? I'm it sure up. it's like tomato, tomato. There you go, fucking Italian. There's your Italian. Right. Would you have done that? Would you given up Dominguez and Dude, Schmidt I or? would the only per no. the only person available Barrios. that I would have done that for is Scherzer. So you're not mad that Cashman no, didn't say well, no, no, I'll no. give you Jason Dominguez or No, well, I'm very realistic or. when it comes to my nah, uh, my criticism of, of Cashman. If it came out that Scherzer would have went to the Yankees and we had to give up those guys, I probably would be sitting here saying he should have done it. Am I mad that he didn't? No, I get it, but he should have done it. For for me, getting Scherzer is the only guy, or a guy just like Scherzer, is the only guy that would be worth it. When you're talking about a guy... Good, but they're not worth it. Yeah, but that, like... Yeah, exactly. You don't know who this guy is. I mean, Max Scherzer is a proven fucking right. multi-Cy Young winning World Series champion pitcher. I mean, that's the, that's the kind of guy yeah. you give it up for. You're not giving it up for this kid. And, and like I said, the, the Twins played the market on Barrios very well. They waited until Scherzer was a done deal. And then they said, okay, this is the sexiest name out there. Teams are desperate right now to, to add a good arm. And we're going we're gonna to inflate the market here on him. Yeah, but here's also what, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate. You like to do this from time to time. You know, we're all hyped on the hype, but we're feeling a lot better about the Yankees that they close this gap to one game in the second wild card. Well, you know who else has done that? The Toronto Blue Jays. And that's where he landed. So do you want Cashman to now do that to keep him away from a team that's also chasing that playoff spot with you? Uh, not at that price, no. Not at that so price. You have, no, you I have absolutely no issue that the Yankees didn't get this guy. No, I have enough faith in my... Nah. I have enough faith. You know, Cashman loves to play the fucking... 
the, you know, he loves to gamble on everything. Well, this was a gamble. Do I have enough faith in Seve and Kluber to come back and be enough to, to counter that? Or do I have to gamble and give up my top prospects that I have in, in my farm system? To me, that gamble's worth it. Um, because I just I just don't see that in Barrios. Like I'm not that high on the guy. I know he's a good pitcher. He would have been great at the right price. I would have been ecstatic if the if the Yankees got him. But at the right price for a guy like that is extremely important when when analyzing a, a deal for him. So Cashman said that return to the team. He's ex- he put a window on it. August twentieth to September first for both Kluber and Severino. He said this today. Damn, still that long? Even for Sevy? April, it's April, August 1st, dude. That's two and a half weeks, three weeks. Oh, August 1st. No, you said September 1st. Yeah, but you're saying that long. August 20th is like three weeks away. Yeah, but I just felt like he's he's to a point where he's throwing, what, a a fucking simulated game now or something or a rehab start. He's got to go on a rehab yet. I don't know. I just, I thought he'd be a little quicker. I I would expect that kind of timeline for Kluber because I haven't seen much on him. Um, but I just thought Sevy would be maybe within uh, 10, 10 to 14 days. They got to make sure he's ready to go, though, Severino. Like, you can't just – if you if you get we to a point with Clu- – We can't have Sevy come back like he did a couple years ago and just be like some fucking shell of himself. We need Sevy to come back. You know, if Kluber comes back, if you, you get to a point with Kluber and you're like, fuck it, let's throw him out there, whatever, who cares? He's not here next year. He's still invested in Severino for next year. So you got to make sure this guy is ready and to take the mound. He – you know, so I expect a lot more from Severino than I do Kluber just because I think Kluber, just the nature of his stuff, it's going to take him a while. And by the time we get to that, it's going to be the end of the year. At least Severino, he can come out there and fire, you know, throw fire for four or five innings. You know, at least you get that out of him. So we'll see. Um, now, here's the other part of this whole trade deadline, right? Yankees went out there and got an outfielder, something they desperately needed, right? They played John Carlos Stanton in the outfield, something they also desperately needed to do. And now he needed a day off today. He played fucking 12 innings Friday and Saturday, but he needs a day off today. But the this is, to me, follow me here. This is the Yankees' best team going forward if they're all healthy, correct? Gary catches, Rizzo's your first baseman, LeMayu's your second baseman, Glaber at short, Gio's the third baseman, Stanton in left, uh, you want to, however you want to do it, judging Gallo center and right. And your DH is based solely on the pitcher that day is Odor and Luke Voigt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing though, I gotta, I gotta be a little critical of, of Giancarlo Stan. But before we get there, Ryan, what was your grade on uh, Cashman? Just so we can get this out of the way. Well, considering who the pitchers that went and the fact that they stayed under the luxury tax, I give him an A. They, yeah, needed, uh, <laughs> they needed lefty bats for, I don't know, what, 10 years? How long has this lineup been depleted when Curtis, of lefty power when did, bats? When did Curtis yeah. Granderson leave the team? Wait, <laughs> here's, like here's a better last... question. Even the even the lefty bats, right, outside of Matsui, I feel like all the lefty bats we had to have been switch hitters. Like, they haven't just I been just said right. Curtis Granderson. Yeah. true lefties. Yeah, but, like, Curtis yeah, well, was Curtis, still a mid-level. Curtis, yeah, like but he Curtis hit left in, home uh, runs in no, I know. I know. Listen, I know. Yeah. I'm not downplaying. Yeah. 2000, 2013 was Curtis's last year on the Yankees, so it's yeah, been since hit, him. Yeah, I think he was hurt in like 12 and 13. 
because his numbers weren't anywhere near where they were in 10 and 11. Yeah, 13, he only had seven home runs. But yeah, in 2011, 2012, he had 41 home runs and 43 home runs. So I just want to wrap up that part of the Cashman deal. Uh, I'm going to give him a B plus. Only thing I'm keeping him out from an A is he didn't trade Luke Voigt. And I'm being serious about that because I think getting getting Luke Voigt out of here would have been a really good thing for this team. And we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. But I mean, huh? Uh, no, I just want to. I want to debate you on that. I think you I think what Anthony Rizzo here trading Luke Voigt would have been, would have really put them over the top here. Okay, so based and, on the fact that you know that he tried to move Luke Voigt, uh-huh. we can safely assume there was no one worth the trade that was that was going to make it work. I mean, he was probably getting real low ball offers. On Luke so Voigt. exactly. So that means that your fight here is strictly just based on the fact of getting Luke Voigt out of this organization. Mm, it's pretty much what you're telling me. uh But then, in the same breath, you're telling me that the Yankees' (laughs) best lineup is with Luke Voigt as a DH. Because he's here. And if he's here, if he's against left-handing, shouldn't he play over roof net door? Okay, so so what I'm saying is your fight for getting him out of here was not because we could have gotten some great player to, to come in in his place. You just want him gone. But now that he's here... Our best lineup is with him in it. So, yeah. so then, I would I would prefer him not to be here. Why but he's here? Do you think he, Do you think there's like bad bad blood in the clubhouse now? You the think he's going to come that, in with like a fucking with with fucking? Here's the best thing that could happen to Luke Voigt is that he walks into after his rehab assignment with a giant chip on his shoulder that he knows he was about to be traded and now he's going to show everybody that they were wrong. That could that's the best thing that could happen to Luke Voigt. But he'd probably be hurt the minute that he steps. Back into but my, the clubhouse, but my so, point uh, is, this is the American League leader in home runs last year. They couldn't get a good return on him. So off isn't, injured. isn't the best case then keeping him here because he is a good player? I mean, uh, he's a, what's your yes. how good is he? what's your argument to how get rid of he? your argument to get rid of him has to be that there was a guy available for him and could have made this. My team argument better. to get rid of him is that I don't really where is he playing? Like he's still going to be a platoon now in the the best case scenario he's a platoon player. Okay, so good. what are you keeping him around for? Because who were you going to get for him anyway? My point is, okay, you couldn't get any big return on him to make this team better. Now you have Luke Voigt on your fucking bench. I mean, what's the big deal? If you're not invested mm-hmm. in him long term anyway, now you can use him as a DH. How are you going to let that stop you from from being pissed at Brian Cashman? For, I'm how, not pissed at him. I just said that would have given that would have given him an A. I okay, mean, but why? Like, why was there a guy out there that would have made this team better that he passed on? Yeah, I mean they had to designate Lyon Lamar for assignment. I mean if they <laughs> if they could have traded Luke Void, they could have kept him. Oh uh, yeah. That that assumes we're trading Luke Voigt for a bag of fucking peanuts. I mean, look, if they could have gotten rid of Luke Voigt, that would have been a really good. I, I know people like Luke Voigt. He just and I respect the hell out of him for what he did in 2020. But I mean, just like now we're at a point where I want other guys in the lineup over him. And yeah, if he's here, he should play against lefty lefty uh, pitching. But how often is that going to be? You know, I'm sure he, Brian. This, but here's the thing, Chris. How many times have we said this over? He did. Cashman did a fantastic job this year finally nutted up and made trades and got guys on his team that they desperately needed but how many times did the a luke void situation fall into the same category of a clint frazier situation where 
you valued this guy too highly in a trade where you could have got something of use for him? Okay, so now we're making a better argument. You're saying that there should have been someone or something out there that you could have used Luke Voigt to get. Therefore, you you think he maybe overvalued him and kept him here for that reason and that reason alone. Because you can't treat him like he's dead weight and then tell me he's he's going to be part of the best lineup that this team could put out there. You can't treat him as dead weight and then tell me you don't know who they could have gotten for him. Hey, 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 genius. Didn't I say a couple weeks ago before it even got uh, Anthony Rizzo that I would have traded Luke Voigt? Didn't I say that? Yeah, but you're not getting my point. My I'm point getting, is that you're, you're holding back point. on giving Cashman an A because he didn't deal Luke Voigt. But now Luke Voigt's on your bench, so what's the big deal? Do you think they're going to maybe overplay him now? They're going to try and use him too much and it's going to hurt them? Joey Gallo strikes out a lot, too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm just making a good point, and you just can't. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't have an argument for it. You just don't want Luke Voigt on this team. You felt like I there was a guy him. out there that that they could have got for him, even okay. if even okay. if Luke Voigt was okay. maybe a higher value. But like, here's how I think of it: How much control do they have over Luke Voigt? I think it's still so a few much. years. A few right? years, right? So, control. so Anthony Rizzo. Let's say he just fucking dominates. Maybe the Yankees fucking offer him a, a deal. Who knows? But. Now that you could, now that you didn't just go out and drop your pants and get rid of Luke Voigt, you still have him here. He's still the AL reigning AL home run leader. He's on your bench, and if things don't work out with Rizzo in the offseason, you still have a first baseman and a pretty good one. So I just don't have. I don't see why he would undervalue him. They have three more years of control on Luke Voigt. I mean, Luke Voigt, at this point, he doesn't hurt your team having him on the bench. Yeah, but you know what, bro? Even if they, they, things don't work out with Rizzo, and who the, I mean, it's been three games, right? So who knows? And, we're, and I'm going to talk. We'll break that down in a little bit, too. But uh, you don't want to fall back on Luke Voigt being your first baseman next year. We always say Boone has safety blankets, like when he had fucking... AJ Cole. AJ Cole out there and shit like that. Do you think that Luke Voigt is going to be used as Cashman's safety blanket? Yeah, because he's under. I mean, sure, why not? I mean, look at the team control for three more years. He made $5 million this year. He's not getting a raise in arbitration. The guys played like eight games. If we had a couple, here's my point. If we had a couple names, even if they were undervalued to compared to Luke Voigt, even if they were less of value to Luke Voigt, if we had a couple names out there that you want to make the argument that Cashman shouldn't have said no and should have done the deal with Luke Voigt, and that's why you're not giving him an A, then I, then I won't argue that. But the fact that you just have no names to give me, and and this is just strictly that you just seem to have a thing he, against Luke Voigt at this what, point. What if I told you they could have got Max Scherzer for him? <laughs> yeah, then I'd Cashman. be fucking... I, Cashman would have gotten an F, and I'd fucking... My TV would be broken, probably. No, he did it. I mean, you got to give Cashman a lot of credit for what he did this trade deadline do you think he saved his job do you think he deserves to come back next year okay so i tweeted this that's a good that's a good question i think we started talking about this to me cashman saved his job enough to to lower the bar just like boone just like this team kind of did for boone where this team was so shitty that if boone can just win a pennant at this point or even make it to the alcs maybe that he saves his job possibly I think mm-hmm. what Cashman did was he lowered the bar on on what it would take for him to get fired. I still think, and I said this, yeah. that this was still his team that he needed to save. 
this was still his fuck up that he needed to make right. He made the right moves, and I think at this point, as long as the Yankees make the postseason, Cashman's safe. And I think Cashman realistically was safe anyway. But just as if from a fan standpoint, I think as long as they make the postseason at this point, he did enough to to keep his job. What if they don't? He, oh, he's gone because, like what I said, put, it's his fault look, to begin with. Yeah, right. But what if they play really well mm. down the stretch, but they just can't make up that gap? Nope. I I think from this point on, he saved his job, no matter what happens from this point on. If we're talking realistically, yes, I agree with you. I think he was always safe. But if we're talking from a, I, I'm talking from a perspective as a fan of when I would say, okay, it, it's fair that Cashman's keeping his job, right? If they don't make the playoffs. Absolutely not. This was his fuck up. We can't blame him all the way up until this point. Then he gets two guys and they still miss the playoffs. And I'm not going to blame Cashman. But so, do you think that these two guys made this team a lot better? Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying Cashman all right. redeemed himself where I was saying if they didn't win a pennant or a world series, he's gone. I would want him gone. But now I'm saying they just got to make the playoffs. But now ownership's mindset has to be if this guy can make this team that much better without spending a dollar, then think about what he could be capable of this offseason when it looks like they're going to be now lined up to actually spend some money. I'm so agreeing I'm with you on no that. I'm agreeing with you on that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying as a fan perspective, what my, why, when I would be okay if Cashman kept his job. So mm-hmm. if, if that's your perspective, I'm not talking about how. How mm-hmm. uh, you're right, 100%. I'm agreeing with you. I think that would have been the case no matter what. What I'm saying is, as a fan, what would make me say, okay, this team failed this year, but Cashman deserves to keep his job? Then I'm saying they got to at least make the postseason. If they don't make the postseason and Cashman's still a GM, me, as a fan, I'm not happy about it. I'm not okay with it just because he went out and got two good guys. So the fans voted this way. We asked the fans this question. Uh, the winner was uh, B. The fans gave him 48% in B, 45% in A, uh, 4% C, and then because there's only four uh, options, I had four to options. You had to. I had to combine D and F. 3% of the people voted that he failed the trade deadline. And those are the people who hate Joey Gallo and think he strikes out too much. And we've said this a hundred times in, you know, Joey Gallo strikes out in his first at bat and people are like, see, I told you he sucks. Literally that happened. It, no kidding. I know. But think what we talked about this. What boxes does Joey Gallo check? Hits home runs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Plays good defense? Yes. Mm. Elite. Uh, is it a fielder? You cut out there. Outfielder? Is it an outfielder? Yes. Check. Uh, left-handed hitter. Check, check, check. Gets on base a lot. Check, check, check. Does that not outweigh the amount of times he strikes out? Check, check, check. So shut the fuck up. Does it not outweigh the other options we have here, fellas? I mean, I mean Jesus, what other slugging left-handed outfielders were traded that you would have wanted over Joey Gallo anyway? This is what my I, I say this all the time. Like, would you have preferred Cashman done nothing? Because you would have complained that he did nothing. So he goes out there and gets a guy that fills a lot of holes that this team has, and you still complain about it. There's going to be portions of this fan base that are just never pleased. I think Chris, and I, sorry, if you're if you're easily squeamish or don't like this type of talk, fast forward thirty seconds. But I believe Chris Rock said this in one of his his uh, his stand up shows. You could fuck a woman with a dime. 
time instead of dildo, and she'll still complain. Can you say that again? Because your <laughs> mic cut out, and I really missed. I missed it like a little bit. Can you just say it again? And one of his. So now you got. I've, I've seen all of his. Here. I've seen all of his specials. Do you, are you want me to say this again because you just want me to say it again? No, your mic fucking cuts out every thirty seconds. I said that in one of his stand-ups, he said you could fuck a woman with a diamond-studded dildo and she'd still complain. Yes, I've seen that. Yes. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you there's certain fans out and there again, in uh, anything. Christian's misogynistic. Yes, uh, you are. And it, it's okay, just as long know. as you're owning up to it. Um, I, I own up to it. Uh-huh. There's just people out there, and <clears throat> this is where I think we do a really good job. And people say, you know, people get frustrated sometimes, but... I think to be to have credibility in anything in your life, you have to be willing to be fair on any side, no matter how you feel, you know, subjectively about someone or something, right? You have to be able to look at it through through an objective perspective. And even if you hate Cashman and everything he did, you can't sit here and say this is a bad move. We were as, as down on Cashman as you could be. And for me to sit here and say he completely redeemed himself and at least gave this this team more than a fair shot to to be much better moving forward, it was tough for me because because you know I didn't think I doubted him all the way through. But am I happy that I'm wrong? One hundred percent. I'm happy to be wrong. If it means something good, I'm happy to be wrong. And there's not enough people out there. You know, there's there's too many people out there that are just not happy regardless. And those people, to me, just lose all credibility when nothing, when nothing's okay to them. Well, this is something that I tweeted earlier today. I said, Gleyber Torres is the Yankee shortstop until Anthony Volpe is ready to take it from him. I don't invest in Gleyber Torres long term. And I think what we've seen over him from these last couple of seasons is kind of turned the worm on him with me. And I just I, I don't feel comfortable with him being a long-term shortstop for this team anymore. So, and then you got people like, well, he's going to win an MVP and I'm going to come back to this. Go ahead. I would love Glaber Torres to win an MVP. I'm not rooting against him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I would love nothing more than Glaber Torres to turn into an MVP caliber player for the Yankees. I just haven't seen it in the last two years. The major regression that this guy has taken is astonishing. I don't give my opinion in hopes to be right. I give my opinion based off of what I'm seeing at the time. And right now, Glaber Torres is not the guy that we expected. Has he been, you know, first of all, he's been a lot better defensively. And has he been better offensively over the last, you know, couple weeks? Sure, but he's just not there. Like, look at how many times he still gets up and he just doesn't come through. He's just, he's just not clicking. He's not the, there's certain guys that when, when we got the scouting report on Glaber Torres, he was a guy that I thought of as like a just a pure hitter. Like even when he's off, he's still there. And and that's kind of DJ LeMayu too, which we haven't seen this year. And it's starting to get really frustrating. But you can say that's a fluke for DJ. This has been ongoing now with Gleyber Torres. He fell off the face of the earth. And you don't see that every day in players. And, and so it's tough to be optimistic. So <clears throat> that's what I was saying. Uh with Glaber Torres, right? You got to look at things realistically. You, you hear that the Yankees are looking to spend big money on a shortstop in the offseason. And now that Rizzo's here, you kind of, 
look, I get it. It's three games. But he just fits the mold of what he's a Yankee need. He's a Yankee. He just he's a Yankee, right? You could tell it just from being here for three days. He's a lefty first baseman with power. I mean, that's 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 a fucking Yankee right there. And I get it. He's going to be what thirty two? Is he going to be thirty two this year? Yeah, but you know what? For a first baseman who who fucking rakes like he does. Yeah, but that's not terrible. Yeah, he's thirty, he's turning thirty-two next week. Happy birthday! So Anthony Rizzo is going to be thirty-two uh, this coming in this year. So next year will be his age thirty-three season. How far down the line would you be willing to sign him for five him, years? I give him a five-year deal. Twenty twenty. I mean, he turned down a, a sizable deal from the Cubs. That's why we got to this point where he was traded. I mean, would he take five for a hundred? Well, listen. You know, let I me mean, ask you this. Let's put it in these terms. With Volpe in the in the minor league system here, and, and you know, hopefully a guy who we can really count on in the future. Would you rather the Yankees let Rizzo walk at the end of this year, assuming that he's going to fit the mold for the rest of the season, really help this team out? Would you rather the Yankees pass up and let Rizzo walk so they can sign, you know, say Trevor Story? Or someone like that in the offseason? Or would you rather uh, the Yankees say, you know what? We can get enough out of Glaber right now where we're going to keep him, invest the money in in Rizzo to keep him here for another five years and wait for Volpe, worst case, uh, to come well, up. Well, that's the, that's the whole point is that you got to look at it like this. Look, you never thought about the Yankees investing long-term in a first baseman just because... Luke Voigt was here, and it just seemed like the Yankees were going to just roll that out because they were had a serviceable player making you know cheap you know a cheap serviceable player under team control for a few years, mm-hmm. right? So you just figured they were just going to go with that. Now you get Rizzo in here, and you're like, you're you know, it's like you ever seen those videos of like kids like one two years old they they get glasses for the first time and they they could see yes you know it's like i you feel like that because like now you see what life is like with a real first baseman and yeah like, oh, and that's not a minute. knock on luke voigt or or anyone before him it's just like it's important you don't realize how important it is to have a legitimate first baseman over there so you don't want to fall into the trap of the Yankees getting young, uh, old and stale again. So let's say you go out and give uh, Rizzo five years. That means he's here until he's 38. You got to look. I don't care what anybody says. You got to put a contract in front of Aaron Judge. You got to lock him up. Yes. I mean, he's entering. What is he going to enter? His age 30 season next year, Rye? Yes. He'll be right? 30. That's his walk year. You got to put six or seven years in front yeah, of him. Yeah. He's going to be. He's going to be here till he's 38. Lemayu's going to be here till he's 38. Stan's going to be here till he's 64. So you got all these guys making big money tied. You got to have positions out there where you can save young, cheap talent. And right now, Glaber Torres is under team control for another three years. There's no reason why you should be rushing to get rid of him. I think even as poor as he's played, you can hide him in a lineup that has Rizzo and, and Gallo and Judge well, and LeMayu. That's and a good point these other that guys. I was just thinking is like, if his if his struggles are going to be offensively, even though that sucks, at least you can make up for it with the other guys. To me, as long as he's continuing to not be a liability at shortstop and getting better, I'm okay with 
him being out there. And, and I'd rather have a guy like Rizzo at first base if it meant one or the other. So then when Glaber <clears throat> Torres' time comes due, I mean, two to three years, you figure Vol- I mean, you hope Volpe's ready. If not, they got Peraza down there. These are two of the Yankees' top prospects or shortstops. You hope you hit on one of them. Yeah. And Glaber Torres goes bye-bye. And then you just start to cycle over again. You have a position there where you have young, cheap talent. You have to do it. Sure. And honestly, yeah, Correa's great. Turner's great. Seager's great. All these guys are great. They're all great, right? But do they are they going to fit the mold of what you need to be a Yankee and play at Yankee Stadium like Anthony Rizzo has. It's very tough to do I, that. And again, it's, it's a natural and I get thing. It. Again, I'll say it again. It's three games. But some guys take to the shit like a fish to water. And it seems like Rizzo's done that. Don't forget, too, like maybe Peraza or, or Volpe. Uh, you probably wouldn't move Volpe, but maybe Peraza starts taking reps at third base. I mean, then your left side of the infield can be both, you know, that younger talent from within and 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 work from there but like then you'll have floriel out in the outfield that's he'll be your future center fielder i didn't see anything already you'll have gardner (laughs) yeah you'll have gardner another another i'm glad that you brought that i'm glad that you brought that up after the trade deadline is over brian cashman oh gardner's gardner's my center fielder cashman said that or boom no even gardner even gardner was like what really (laughs) Honestly, what what sure does Brian that? Cashman have, or what does Brett Gardner have on Brian Cashman? That's still, he's saying that, and this was going back to what I was saying before about the best team the Yankees can field now. What who's here and who's if they're all healthy? How does Brett Gardner fit into that? Yeah, he doesn't. You don't. You're not desperate for a lefty bat in this lineup anymore. You're not desperate Brett for Brett Gardner more than us. <clears throat> no one. No one. Brett Gardner should not start another game the rest of the year. I'm sorry. He doesn't have to. He's not even better than – look, Greg Allen's cooled off a lot. I mean, we figured this was going to happen, but he's not even better than Greg Allen. Oh, I know. I know. So if you don't want to play Stan in the outfield, Greg Allen should be getting at-bats over Brett Gardner. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. There's something something going on there. Like, it's, it's getting weird now. I just think they want Guardy to break to rip, through. Didn't you want to rip? <coughs> didn't you want to rip Stanton? I don't want to rip him. I just have to say something. Rip here's him here's <laughs> very very phlegmy. I have a cold. Um, hey, you're fucking gross. Uh, here's my problem with Stanton. It's not that he has his slumps. It's not that he strikes out too much. It's that. To me, it's very hard to grasp, like, to wrap my head around the fact that when he's on, he's one of the most deadly hitters in baseball. Christian, when he had that fucking hot streak, was he not one of the hottest hitters you've ever seen step onto a baseball field? No, it was ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It was like a fucking video game, right? So, to me, my problem with Stanton is, how are you so, when you're off, how are you so fucking bad that it's like, I don't even want you in this lineup sometimes. Or like, maybe bat him fucking eighth because he's so bad. Mm-hmm. How does, I just don't, I've never seen a player be so on top of the world when he's on and, and be such a fucking waste of space when he's off. A lot, of, I mean, look at him. He's, his mechanics are all out of whack. 
But he was never that guy. Like, yeah, he's always been streaky, but even when he's slumping, he's never been non-existent. The guy yeah, they, is non-existent they, when he's bad. Yeah, he was, but coming into this series, they said uh, in the last game of the Tampa series, they mentioned how awful he had been. He's been in a major slump. He's eight for his last 32. That's 250. That's not terrible. It's just that the outs are so bad. It's so the same bad. thing we talk about with the Yankees. Like, you don't even realize how good they're playing because their losses are so bad. They're like, Sands hit 250 during a slump, which most guys, that's not a slump. But because he's swinging at pitches that are like that would hit the fucking popcorn vendor, uh, you don't think that he's he's getting a single here, a double there, you know? Well, yeah, because I feel like when he's getting those hits, it's because they're not. It, he's not in a position where the pitcher has to fear him, where the pitcher has to pitch around him, and he's getting better pitches to hit, and he's and he's you know hitting single here, double whatever. But in the times when they really need to buckle down and get the out, I mean, the the scouting report's easy. Throw it three feet off the plate. And then when you got him in a, in a pitcher's count, just throw a fucking 35-foot curveball. He'll probably swing at it. I mean, that's how bad he is when he's off. I just don't know how a guy can... I know what slumps are. I understand that sometimes mechanically something needs to be tweaked. Something's a little off. But for him, it's like his timing's not there. He's not seeing pitches. He's guessing everything. How do you go from one end of the spectrum to to the complete other end? He might be a pure guess hitter. Because some of these pitches look... He's swinging. I mean, he he might not even be reckoning... recognizing what they are. It's just like, oh, I'm I'm swinging. It's almost a compliment to him that I'm saying, like, he's too good to be this bad. He's too good to be this bad. And to your point, I texted uh, one of my friends, and I said, it's like, remember fucking MVP baseball when you had to guess not only the pitch, but, like, you had to put the fucking little target in where you thought the pitch was coming, then it would fucking lock in? That's, That's what I thought of with Stanton the other day when he swung. It was, like, last week. He was in a fastball count. He thought a fastball was coming, and he just thought it was. He just said, "Okay, I'm just swinging like this is going to be a high fastball in my zone." And the and the curve was it was a curveball 30, 30 foot fucking curveball in the dirt. Didn't even reach the plate, and he swung like it was going to be a high fastball. Like he didn't even care what the pitch was. You can't do that. You can't be successful that way. Look, I just got this reply into my Glaber tweet. I disagree. I would trade Glaber for pitching this offseason. Really? What are you getting for Glaber Torres? <clears throat> That's better, the thing. At that, po- at that point, like, I mean, are you trading Glaber Torres for a guy who's uh, – would you trade Glaber Torres for fucking Andrew Heaney? Like, I mean, that's, that's I feel like that's the type of guy you'd get for Glaber right now. Well, it's very difficult for, like, fans to sit back and just be like, okay, when I think of Glaber Torres help on, the, on my team, I think of the guy who's struggling – but when I think of him in a trade, I think of him as the guy that we thought he was going to be. That's not how it works. Like Team Shore would want him, but they're gonna they're gonna leverage their what they're gonna give up based off of what he's done. He hasn't done shit. He hasn't done shit. So you ain't gonna get shit. That's the problem. That's part of the, probably part of the problem that Brian Cashman had in trading Clint Frazier the past few years is that. Cashman was valuing valuing him at what he 
projected him to do when teams were valuing him at what he had done. Yeah, but so. uh, Clint Frazier also had uh, Clint Frazier also had options, and so that makes things a little different. And he wasn't as highly touted as as you know a superstar. I, we'll see, I don't. I think we'll ever see Clint Frazier again. Maybe not. He's got neurological problems. He can't see. The Yankees don't know what the hell's going on with him right now. I mean. He seemed pretty fine the night that he that he proposed to his girlfriend. So maybe uh, it was a pity. Yes, maybe she felt bad for him. She's gonna be like, "You're not a Yankee anymore." <laughs> Ugh. Ugh, no, you're. Yeah, I mean, he he doesn't. He he didn't land her based on his looks. I can tell you that much. Absolutely not. Do you think he's got a great personality? No, he's no. a fucking Yankee. No, I don't. Yeah, good bat speed. Very, yeah. Right. It's not good for the bedroom. <laughs> Lightning quick bat speed is not good, <laughs> lady friend. So the Yankees took care of business in Miami. I mean, they they swept. They they didn't score a ton of runs, but that's the Marlins' mo. They don't score a ton either. They pitch well and they don't score. So that kind of held up over the weekend. The Yankees did enough. Uh, they did just enough to to get the three wins, and you take it and you go. Uh, they won. I mean, then you got to go back. I mean, you know, we don't like to go back, back, but we have to. And Garrett Cole's a fucking Garrett Cole's a fucking loser. Okay, he's a fucking loser. I'm yeah. so sick and tired <clears throat> of sticking up for this fucking guy. And then he goes down. He does what he did on fucking Thursday afternoon. You can't fucking go out there when this team is struggling to, to make up ground, and the, one of the teams in front of you, you have a chance to sweep them, and before you can even fucking blink, you give up four runs. It's not and the loss. How many it's not even the loss. It's the what you just said. You you turn the fucking game on. Maybe you're five minutes late to turning it on, and it's 4 nothing already. That can't happen. Chris, if he gives up a two-run home run in the sixth and the Yankees don't score and they lose the game 2-1, to one, okay, fine. You don't like the fact that he gave up a home run when his team isn't scoring, but he, he did his job. He went two innings, uh, two runs over seven innings. That's what you want out of your ace, right? Take it every time. The game's over in the first inning. That can't happen. No. And you said this, too. I don't know if you if you actually ran the numbers on. You said you wanted to, but how many times have we said this guy's got to go out there, nut up, and pitch like a fucking ace, and he didn't do it this year? And against teams that you have to beat. And, and to be Look, fair, he, he has that, done it, but he has done it more but, times than not so far this year in games that are just like, okay, thank God we have Cole because this is a fucking must win. They need to go out there and do this more times than not. He's he's failed, Chris. You know what? You, you almost like you would laugh at it. You'd be like, "Oh, cool guy, lit up by the Tigers," but it's almost like you shake it off if he gives up ten runs to the Tigers because who cares? The Rays. This is a team you're trying to beat. This is a team you're trying to catch. Yeah, you, I mean, that this can't is, happen. This is why you're here, dude. And, and, and I'm not trying this to. Not, why, it kills me to knock him. I fucking love Garrett Cole. Do I? Although he hasn't been an ace of late, at least. Do I still think he's an ace? Of course. I'm not fucking dumb. Of course I do. But aces don't do this shit. You got to figure out what the fuck's going on because this can't keep happening. No, you can't You can't do the Houston-Boston back-to-back and then get rocked against Boston and Tampa. Like, that can't happen. Like you you got to figure a way out to, to not spit that game up in the fifth inning. I know the team's not scoring. I know this is before the reinforcements came. I know this will be back, you know, when Judge and, and Gio were out with COVID. But, you you know, you 
and Boston's tough. They grind guys out. But you're Garrett Cole. You got to find a way not to spit that game up in the fifth inning. Yeah, and someone. And then, sorry, you go. Go ahead. I was go just going to say someone came at me because I tweeted that that like he's not an ace right now. And someone came at me like, no, he was an ace today because he didn't have his stuff, gave up four runs, but then held him. Like, no, not in the first fucking two minutes of the game. First of all, he gave up a home run to, to lead off the game that was that ended up not being a home run, correct? Like, it was looked at or something, and it was a foul ball. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, yeah. second life, he looks yeah, good. Yeah, it would have been a solo home run. Right. But nope, he just didn't have it again. And then, really, no. Like, no, that wasn't the case. He gave up, ended up giving up seven. Just because those runners didn't score when he was on the mound doesn't mean he's not still responsible for them. Look, if you want to give him a, you want to give him credit and say, well, he gave up four in the first inning and then he dominated, which it looked like he's doing. It looked like he figured it out. And you know what? The Yankees should, they should be able to score five runs in a game, but we all know. And then he takes it into the seventh, and you're like, okay, you know what? It happens. He got roughed up in the first inning. He settled down. He gave this. He still gave his team a chance to win. But no, it happened again. We're in the sixth inning. Now he, the game just gets completely away from them, and that can't. That is the real disappointing part. Is that he had a chance to settle in and give this team a chance to come back, and then in the sixth inning, it's just like. Duh. And here's the thing: I'm not disagreeing that aces don't have bad days. And yes, you're right. A true ace isn't always going to be perfect, but when he when he's off, he knows how to contain it and still put out a great performance. I'm not disagreeing that, but here's the difference between <clears throat> guys like Garrett Cole, aces, and let's say Jordan Montgomery, right? When you talk about Jordan Montgomery, the guy hasn't gotten any fucking run support. Another very rarely. Today. Okay? So, another great outing today. Another great outing. So when you look at a guy like Jordan Montgomery and you break things down, you're allowed to say, man, it really sucks. I feel bad for him. He doesn't get any run support, right? But when you're looking at an ace, you don't look at it the same way. You don't sit there and go, yeah, well, he only gave up two runs, but, you know, he doesn't get any run support. No, the truth is an ace, an ace's job is to hold the other team until your team has a fucking opportunity to fucking score some runs, get ahead in the game, and that's it. Is that going to happen every time? Of course not. Will you make excuses for the ace? Of course, if the offense is that bad. But my point is, you don't sit there and go, well, the offense needs to score. No. That's not the case when Garrett Cole's on the mound. When Garrett Cole's on the mound, the case is always he needs to hold the other team. And when I mean, you go out score, there and give up four runs. Two or three runs. I mean, they do have to do that. <laughs> of, no, of course. But what I'm saying is that's not the first argument right off the bat. When your ace goes out there and gives up four runs in the first, I don't care what the offense does the rest of the day. That's not what an ace does. You don't bury your team in the first inning and then just use the offense not showing up as an excuse the rest of the way out. You know, and people were arguing me too because I tweeted something negative about Colwell. Like, well, it was an infield hit and a walk. And, but you know what? It doesn't matter if they were the three softest hits in the world. He gave up a fucking home run to Austin Meadows that put them down for nothing. You're Garrett Cole. You got to make a pitch and get out of that situation. Yeah, man. Yeah, and maybe if he was as dominant as he was in the you know first couple of months, you you give him somewhat of a pass. But the truth is, he's just had too many of these games when you need him to be to be great, and and it's concerning a little bit. Look, it's post spider attack. He's been a roller coaster ride where he's looked exactly like you want Garrett Cole to look, and then he's looked completely pedestrian at times. 
you know, this can't be the guy who he is now. The Yankees are in a lot of trouble if you can't rely on Garrett Cole. The Yankees, I still believe it. I mean, I the Yankees' path to the postseason is the wild card game. You got to go into that game feeling a hundred percent that Garrett Cole is going to outpitch whoever he's facing. And I don't honestly, and I I hate that I feel this way. The Red Sox or the Rays could could bring in friggin' Jay Happ, and I wouldn't feel comfortable that Garrett Cole could outpitch him right now. Yeah, I mean, there's too many guys just pitching better than him lately. Um, here's something, and I'm not going to go through all of it now because we're running long already, And but maybe we'll save this down the road. So last week, like I said I was going to do, and we never got around to it, I said I was going to write down all of our over-under predictions before the oh, season that's started. Oh, you asshole. I did this. You did? This is what I did. Oh, you did? Oh, I have it in front yes, of me. Is- well, yours is updated. This is my point. So this was just before last week, before we started recording. The well, first one, spoiler alert, was uh, was uh, 3.17 ERA for Garrett Cole over under. We all took the under, and this was a check for me that we were on good uh, good track here because he had a 2.74 ERA. That's well well under 3.17, right? All right. Well, this, uh, let's go here. I mean, you already you, you know fucking premature ejaculate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of funny that I did this couple uh, last week and now you you have it here so a lot of things are going to be updated all right so i did this about an hour before we recorded so you want to get into this i thought today would i you because i know you said it a couple weeks ago and i didn't do anything about it last week because i wanted to wait until after the trade deadline uh to to kind of check in on this so this is where we're at I, i believe we did 12 guys that's what i found when i did a twitter search so i just went based on i we're gonna go just based on how i've on how I found them. So we'll start here. Uh, Clint Frazier with 19 home runs. He currently has five. Five. Everybody voted over. I mean, we're all going to change our mind on that, correct? Under. He's going to stay way under 19 home runs this year. Yes. All right. So Aaron Hicks uh, was 128 (laughs) games played. Uh, (laughs) I I didn't even put his games played. I just put in parentheses loser in my notes. Uh. He played a hundred. He he played thirty-two games this year. Everybody was right. Uh, everybody took him <clears> under. Here's an inter- here we go. There's an interesting one now. This is one we could have a little fun with. Corey Gio Urshela, nineteen home runs, currently has eleven. Fans took the over. We all took the under. Mm. He was like a he was. We were on the fence. Yeah, he'll stay under. Yeah, yeah definitely stay under. Probably am like fifteen, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna stay on the under too there. Uh, Gary Sanchez, 207 batting average, currently at 211. Everybody took the over. Hey, man, that's too close for comfort, man. We thought he'd be well over. Yeah, but he's cold right now, so I expect another hot streak. Oh, yeah, he was 219 last week when I did this. Yeah, and he was up in the 230, so I'm going to stay with the over. He'll get hot yeah, again. And, and over. Here's this jabroni. Luke Voigt, 33 home runs. Three. Currently has three. <laughs> The fans took the over. We all took the under, and obviously we were right. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the, even in a healthy season, I didn't see it. Chris, you think he's going to hit 30? You froze. Okay, we're back. And we're back. Um, so, no, I mean, that's not. he's not even going to come anywhere near that. And it kind of like, it kind of makes Fred look good, all these predictions, because like, Drunk Fred over at 
uh, baseball reference takes into account injury and, and guys just being fucking duds, man. All right, so John Carl Stan, 84 games played, currently 84 games played. So SGR the was the only one to the, take the over. Yeah. Fans in the fans in SGR took the over. Chris and I took the under. Yeah. So that's that's a point in, in SGR's cap because Stan, unless he dies tonight, is yeah. yeah. I don't want to I mean joke about that, but it's okay to joke. It's okay to joke. He'll he'll take uh he'll he'll go over eighty four games played this year. Glaber Torres, sixty eight runs batted in, currently at thirty seven. Everybody took the over. You want to change your mind on oh, that? Oh yeah. Under for sure. Won't even come close. Won't even come yeah, close. Yeah, under. Under, under. Have to change your mind on that. I where's he getting thirty RBI? I mean he's hit thirty seven in four months. He's gonna hit thirty in the last two. I don't see it. Uh, Aaron Judge, 22 homers, currently at 21. Everybody took the over. I think we're safe there. I think Aaron <clears> Judge will uh, finish around. He's got to finish around 30. He hasn't He hasn't gone on a real home run tear in, in a while. while. So. And here's another one, Feather in, in uh, SGR. <laughs> Stack Guy Rise cap. DJ LeMayu, 297 batting average, ter- currently at 265. Everybody except for SGR went over. So, SGR, you want to pat yourself on the back there, Chief? Yeah, I mean, I'm just extremely – I got to say, I love DJ. I don't worry about him. This is just a fluke year. This is the the exception for him. I'm just extremely disappointed right now with him. It's like he keeps coming up in big spots, and he's just not doing it. Yeah. Uh, he's grounded. He's hitting too many ground balls, man. He's not hitting as many line drives. So whatever the reason uh-huh. for his. Uh, here's an interesting one. Jamison Tyone, 3.94 ERA, currently a 4.11. Everybody went under. So when I did this last week, he was 4.36 and trending downwards big time. I got to say, Jamison Tyone has been absolutely brilliant of late. His July, I just looked yeah. it up last night. I think he is a 2.10 or a 2.13 ERA. Um, he's hmm. been he's been fucking great, man. This guy has been really good for this team. If it wasn't for him and and guys like Monty and Cortez over the last month, I tweeted this last night. This team could have drowned. This team could be fucking completely underwater, where we don't hmm. even get guys like Rizzo and and fucking Gallo if it's not for them. Tyone has stepped up big time. I stay with the under. I think he's going to continue yeah. to pitch this way and and get under that mark. I mean, we must yeah. have been on drugs when if we went under when we did the uh, when, we, when we did these because that seems uh, that seems kind of low for a guy that hadn't pitched two years. We must yeah, but really we said that him. that was. I went back and listened to to us. We said that Tyone that that was a really fair mark, like three nine four is what kind of what we were expecting. But remember, at the time, we were thinking this guy was going to step in as the number two, and we were really hopeful. And we said, you know what, we'll take the under. We'll be optimistic. So I still think he could get under that. Yeah, I mean, you got to give the guy a lot of credit that his rock bottom point was when he gave him one out in Philadelphia, and he's just been trending upward ever since. Yeah. I mean, maybe he needed to get to that point to figure some shit out. So This yeah, next guy is going to be the most under. interesting to me, I think. Yeah, I mean, Corey Kluber, <clears throat> 65 innings pitched. He's currently at 53 and a third. Everybody took the over. Like we, like we said, is he going to... Cashman expects him back between the August 20th and September 1st. If he doesn't, he makes the requisite starts. He goes every five days. He's going to go over the number. I just don't know if he's going to get back on the field. And if he does, how effective he'll be. I'm going to I'm going to change and say under. 
I don't want to, but I just don't have a, as good of a feeling of Corey Kluber right now. I'm going to stick with the over. I think Kluber's a fucking gamer, and if he can pitch, he's going to pitch. Um, I'm going to stick with the over, and we said, in, again, we said in, in the show when we did these, if he's under 65, that's a really bad sign because that means he fucking got hurt. But which I'm going to, which he did. Uh, I'm going to stick with the over, though. I, I think Kluber's going to fucking, especially as his team gets closer to that second wild card, he wants his ass back out there. He wants to contribute. And I'm going to say over. Yeah, uh, I'm so, staying over, too. Yeah, the last guy here is Garrett Cole. His over under number was 3.17 on the year array. Currently at 311, which he should be punching the fucking neck for having an array that high. But we all took the under. I'm going to stay with the under because if he goes over 3.17, I'm going to fucking find him and punch him in the neck. I have to, as a fan, stick with the under yeah. because if Garrett right, Cole ends right. up over 317 at this point, this team, this team just isn't going anywhere. And I can't accept that reality right now. Um, what ace has an ERA over three point? Like, come on, dude. Like, seriously. Yeah, guys, look, we're not disgusting. trying to rip him, and we're not saying that he's not phenomenal and the Yankees shouldn't have got him. But you gotta, you gotta be yeah, able to saying that because he sucks now. So I don't yeah, you him. gotta Just be like, able to criticize guys when they're not good. That is not a good ERA for an ace. Should be nowhere near that. No, because it's trending upward. If he got bombed in the beginning of the year because, you know, April, cold, whatever, guys are settling into the season, right. fine. And he's trending downward, but it's going the opposite direction. That can't, you can't be having that's why that in August. That's why Jameson Tyone's 411 looks way better than Garrett Cole's 311. Right. I, I respect that number a lot more than Garrett Cole's right because now. Because his was up in the fucking sixes, I think, for a while. Oh, he was bad. Oh, it was so bad. Rye, what are you saying? Sticking with it. Sticking with the under? Yeah. For Cole, for Cole we're talking about still, right? Yeah, 317 ERA. He's at 311. Yeah, like you said, as a fan, I'm not going to go over that because that means he's just he's, he's continuing to go down. Uh, he's so bad now. The Yankees should have never signed him. It's almost, like, it's almost I mean, impossible for him to go over that. It's almost impossible. Really? He's got to. He's got to be really bad. He's got to just be really bad. I, I just have faith that he's going to come back around. If he gives up three yeah. or four runs in his next start, I'll be over it. Yeah. Yeah, but I just don't see him staying that way through the rest of the season. He's too. You better good. hope not. He's too good. You better hope not. Let's do a little. Let's do a little scoreboard watching here because the Rays and Red Sox are playing Sunday night baseball right now. The Rays were up two to one. Uh, the Rays overtook first place. Last night with a victory, and currently the Rays are up three to two in the top of the ninth. The Yankees could be four games. At, this score holds here. The Yankees would be four games out of that first wild card spot. Wow, creeping, creeping. Yeah, man. Look, I mean, eventually you want it to get to a point where you're saying, "Hey, the Yankees are only four games out of the division." And that could happen. Still, they got to keep winning games that they that they need to win. They got to win series. And they got to hope that some of these teams, you know, fall down a couple pegs, man. Outside of the Red Sox series, this team has won, what, seven of eight or six of seven Six series? of seven. Six of seven. So, including the Red Sox avoid series. These, yeah, I said if you don't count. Yeah, I mean, I mean if you they won these six series, if you don't count 
uh, the Red Sox series. They've been playing really good baseball. It's just that we we don't like we keep saying we don't think about it because when they lose, they fucking do it in spectacular fashion. That it just doesn't let you feel good about anything that they did. Like even today, like what they were getting one hit into the eighth inning or whatever it was, and you're like. Yeah, they took two or three from the Marlins. Yeah, they got Rizzo and Bryant. And Bryant. They got Rizzo and Gallo, but they couldn't sweep again. And that's all we would have been talking about today. Mm-hmm. But now you're allowed to feel pretty good about the team because, you know, they right, they didn't score a ton of runs, but they pitched well. They got timely hitting, and they and they swept the series. That's it. So uh, it's the Rizzo effect, right? The Rizzo effect. He said, you fucking guys. You, you fucking don't have the fucking gabagool. You don't have the fucking gabagool. This is this is me familiar, okay? We'll fucking kick your ass. We're gonna we're gonna have a fucking I'll problem. Break man, your okay? fucking kneecaps. Look, man, I don't look, you, you know how it is, right? But it's funny though that yeah. this Italian this whole Italian thing took off and I I was probably the first person to tweet something about it, and now it's it's everywhere. So it's everywhere. you tweeted so it. You tweeted it. Uh, so now everyone has, else has tweeted it. Everybody's tweeting it. And now Chris was like the first one to bring up how terrible the Yankees are in day games. And now fucking Michael K's bringing it up on the fucking broadcast. Uh, don't I bring mean, come his, on. him up, bro. I can't stand that fucking guy, bro. That's what I want to do to Michael K. Ready? <clears throat> nice. Fucking break him in half, dude. Nice. You want to fight him? Would you throw hands with Michael K? Uh, he's too old. I'd fucking... <laughs> too old. How about this last night for? Uh, <clears throat> I know we're running long here. We want to wrap this up, but how about this for a, so a two thousand eight? <laughs> oh my god! Dude. A two thousand eighteen Yankee fans' worst nightmare. Uh, Brandon Drury hits a walk off <sighs> off Luis Sessa in the Met Red game last night. <laughs> oh really man! Oh my! Wow! Holy shit! But that's guess like what? A, that's like a fever dream. <laughs> Luis Sessa gets charged with a loss because <clears throat> the only run he gave up was the fake run. It's oh, the Fugazi yeah. runner. Yeah. Did, didn't that happen to him earlier? No, that might have been Luis. No, Isaac. it was Nelson. too earlier in the season. Oh, yeah, it was J-Lo. J-Lo. Nelson, you're right. It wasn't. No, no Nelson was gave Nelson. up. Nope, Nelson didn't get the loss in that game. It, maybe he did, but the one you're talking about it was J-Lo because he looked really good, and that run came in without him even giving up a hit, and we were right. pissed well, off. Why lost the game this yeah. year without giving up yes. a hit? He didn't even give up a hit. <sighs> so the Yankees are, are hoping. That's baseball. That's that. baseball, Susan. Uh, you know how much we love John Sterling Chism. here. It's time for him to reti- It's really time, time for him to retire, though. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Never thought I'd say yes. it. Yeah. I uh, yeah he's become I a crank, do, yeah. he's become a cranky old man. And, oh, we can't uh, see it. We only have the TV. Wow, you know, wow. And, and him Look not being that. able to be in these ballparks is just making these uh, broadcasts yeah impossible to listen to when he's calling home runs as I if mean, they're happening, but they're fucking replays, and one of them was like from three years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Yeah, he was like on Orlando oh today. He called when he's at the stadium. Today he called uh, Rizzo <laughs> Rizzo Russo. So he goes, well, Susan, I called him Russo. 
Did you catch the pregame with Buck Showalter? What he how he was butchering names? Today? No, no. He goes, yeah, you know, Domingo German, he's a good pitcher. <laughs> I like Domingo German, and I like Nestor. He well, no, listen to this. He 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 pronounced Cortez right the first time, and then he corrected it. Right, he goes, you know, Nestor Cortez, Cortez, Nestor Cortez, he's a good pitcher. <laughs> but the other day, it was Thursday when Florio was playing. He was pronouncing Estevan Florio a Stabon, a Stabon. <laughs> A That's stab on. A stab on. Yo, Red Sox, and, man. And, First and third, two outs in the ninth. And uh, Susan was like, Estevan Florial. Like, she like was like casually like, well, that's Estevan Florial in center field after John was like, A stab on. A stab, a stab on, on what, John? <laughs> so the Yanks return home after a long road trip. Uh, they a very frustrating one because they, they lost two games in Boston. They should have won. Then they got bombed. Uh, in Tampa in a game that, in a sweep game, but you know what? You, I guess overall you take a six and four road trip. Uh, they come home for seven, three against Baltimore, four against Toronto. No, I'm looking at a, I'm looking at fucking September, dude. What the hell? No, they do have it the is Orioles. Still a, it still is a seven game road homestand with uh, three against Baltimore, but, but then, then another shitty Seattle. team. Oh, Seattle. Seattle, that's a game. That's a series the Yankees got to go and win. Yeah, yeah man. Seattle's right Seattle's hanging around right there with them, and then we'll, and then the following week, uh, we, obviously we'll talk about it then. But that's the uh, then we'll be seeing the um, the Field of Dreams game. So that's next week. They have a they have a very 12. good opportunity right now to bury the the Mariners a little bit. You know they've fallen off. They've you know they're two back in the loss column to the Yankees. You really have an opportunity to beat up on the Orioles and then really just put enough breathing room between you and the Mariners where you're not being, you know, mentioned in the same sentence. Miami bad, swept them. Baltimore bad, got to sweep them. Seattle not bad, but you're home, got to take three or four. Kansas City bad, got to sweep them. I mean, you're right at this point of your schedule right now mm-hmm. where you got to take advantage of the teams in front of you and beat them. You know, then you'll play Chicago who they swept earlier this year, but they're a first-place team. So until you get there, you got games coming up against teams that you're better than. So you got to take advantage of this part of your schedule right now. And tomorrow it's Lopez against Heaney. Heaney's making his Yankee debut. Uh, and then all 705 starts. Then Garrett Cole against Wells. Uh, Garrett Cole's got to go out there and shove on, on fucking Tuesday. Man, I don't want to see this bullshit where he gives up three runs over seven. This has got to be a, a dominating Garrett Cole performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the fucking Baltimore Orioles we're talking about. And the Yankees owe Matt Harvey a fucking beating because he came in here earlier in this year. The guy's got a 620-year array, and he was pitching like the fucking Dark Knight. So, I mean, come on now. we're These are different Yankees. You can't let Matt Harvey be lingering around this game. Matt Harvey's got to be going into the fucking dugout in the second inning in this game. And that's a tie-on start. So, I mean, sweep, right? You never say expect a sweep. Fucking sweep this series. Yeah, you got to. You want to you want to show everybody that you're different. Things have changed. You went out there. You made these trades. You're playing better baseball. The Orioles are 30 games under 500. You're only six and four against them. You want to you want the fans to now finally buy in that you're fucking serious and that you're gonna you're gonna take the second wild card and really challenge for the first wild card. Sweep the fucking Orioles at home. You're pitching. I mean, outside of Heaney, your pitching's lined up. They're the fucking Orioles. There's no. There's no excuse that one next time we record, we're talking about the Yankees losing a game to the fucking Baltimore Orioles this week. I agree. Yeah. All right. So that'll unless uh, I don't know. You guys want to talk about anything else? No. You guys got any? I mean, okay. 
you feeling a little sad? Do you want to you want to talk about something? No, mm-hmm. pop this game on though. Right now, we got a three-two count, first and third with uh, JD up. And I will say game, this: so that that's, uh, talking yeah. about things that you've heard on this show here first. Uh, Brian Cashman, his allergy to left-handed hitters, not named uh, Brett Gardner. Well, somebody showed him where the Zyrtec was in in targets, so. and he got the fucking job done. <laughs> we got the job done. So thank you very much for listening to episode 245 of the NYYST podcast. Follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Please go to patreon.com slash NYYST. Be a patron of the show. Help support the fellas. Let's keep the show going. Plenty of exclusive content. Uh, I'll be back probably on Wednesday to do a little wrap-up of the Seattle uh, of the Baltimore series. So look out for that there exclusively on patreon.com slash NYYST and go to Apple podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. And in your review, let us know what you thought of Brian Cashman's trade deadline, A, B, C, D, or F. That's all you need to leave cash. Give him a grade and give us five stars. So thank you very much for your continued support of the show. Uh, thank you for listening. Stat guy, Rye. Go Yanks. Ryan. <laughs> Chris, out of the people that listen to this show, uh, that consume the show, what percentage of people watch on YouTube? Not many, not many. Would you even put it at 3%? No. <laughs> can you uh, give me, Ryan, if you're going to, can you, can you, if you can, if you're going to do that, can you at least give <laughs> no, De- De- De Niro's has, voice? He only has the De Niro face. Oh, down. I, can't, I can't do it. <laughs> I just need the face. <laughs> All right, SGR. Go Yanks. Chris, say goodbye. Peace.